0: All right, everybody. Once again, welcome to another wonderful Professional Goblins podcast. And now we actually are a podcast. Oh wow, hang on, I have a echo here. Cool. Um so (laughs) I guess I'm listening to the podcast today. Um so yes, we are the professional goblins. Sans Mike for the moment, I'm sure he'll be joining us shortly. Um, with me, as always, is one of my lovely co-hosts, Savannah. Wait, you introduce yourself. Talk about yourself, Savannah.
1: (laughs) I see how it is. Uh, Savannah Broadway uh, may eventually be joined by my co-pilot, Ellie.
0: And, uh, who who is the strange bearded man we have with us today? Uh, I would be Jimmy
2: Sanders uh, from Mythica Gaming. I do the lead game design for that company. Well, my own company. Uh, and I've designed uh, Legends of Draxia, which is a card game that is on Amazon currently, and doing a Kickstarter, uh, finished a Kickstarter for the expansion port recently, and we're working on that, along with a few other projects.
0: Well, my, well, thanks for joining us. And um, yeah, so if you guys don't know, uh, the show is kind of scripted, kind of definitely not. Um, and scripted by the, I mean, formatted, we have a general layout, each re- our hosts will be talking about the topic in that section, and then we're going to kind of move on to the next. Now, every now and then, we're given a product review. Well, our alter egos, I guess. But man, we haven't done that in a while, have we, Savannah?
1: We have not. I'm feeling terribly bereft.
0: So Jimmy, Sir if Sir Pumpernickel
1: you... has, has not been able <laughs> to review any, any RPG products.
0: So if you got something quick, short, you want us to look at, like 40 pages or less, uh, we'll give it a quick uh, introduction on the next episode jimmy if you want um to send it our way um but yeah barring that we have the first segment which is uh gaming stories this is generally a story that either you have been in the game and played the game yourself or it's when you've gm'd um and or if you've something learned, something? Yeah,
1: learned something
0: yeah learn something from gm in it so um jimmy you got a good story for us
2: uh, I got a really excellent, longer one that might take like five ten minutes to explain. Or we got a shorter. Let's, character let's do the shorter
0: one. As much as I like long okay. ones, uh, we are not <laughs> equipped. Not, for not that long.
2: long. Okay.
0: Uh, so the game, what well, one
2: of the PFS games I'm currently playing in. Uh, I decide I always like to make make characters that are a little bit non-standard. That's always my goal. So yeah, yeah. Um, I designed a summoner. So that's the one that has that little eidolon pet thing. If you're mm-hmm. familiar with. Pathfinders. Um, and so rather than taking that on and turning it into just a killing machine, which is usually what people do, uh, I chose to make it small and tiny. So it's a small size to increase the dexterity on it. Uh, instead of giving it all of the evolution points to make it more combat oriented, more whatever, I'm putting every single evolution point into its skilled, which gives it plus eight to its bonuses on different skill checks. Uh, and basically turned it into a rogue. And so as a level one summoner, I had a Eidolon that had a plus 17 to its disabled device. And oh my if,
1: god. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, on top of that, if I, I also took Expeditious Retreat and uh, Reduced Person as the two spells that my summoner knew. So I could cast both of those on Eidolon, making it move at a 60-foot move speed per round. And it's... Uh, well, it, away. From the, the
0: per- away. Away with Expeditious Retreat.
2: Uh, in the in the ver- variety of version of the spell, it's just plus 30. It doesn't specify a way. I think it used to. At least the uh, ver- variant that I've been reading. Pretty
1: sure it's I think not. haste is special in that it gives you the extra attack. Expeditious retreat is nominally for running away.
2: Yeah. But no, it's just plus 30. Oh, yeah, you are right. I'm,
0: yeah. I'm ridiculous. I'm sorry. I've
2: but, been... uh, it used to be a way, and then I think they went, oh, that's just too confusing. So eh. they just drop that part so yeah so buffs its move speed up to 60 per round and then in addition when i make it reduced person uh that gives it a stealth of i believe it was 24 as well and i really
1: hope it looked like a ferret i'm picturing it as...
2: <laughs> i wanted it to be a small a beast like that but i had to in order for it to use lockpicks i had to make sure it had arms and hands so it had to be a humanoid so more of a like a little imp kind of thing
1: yeah i suppose so. that's exactly
2: yeah, it, it, work, it works. Uh, in addition to that, um, by at level three, by using that same skill set, uh, I was able to get its disable device, sorry, its uh, use magic device skill, up to a plus 19, and it's a 20 to activate a wand. And so on a roll of a wand, he activates any wand. So at level three, my little Eidolon that can screw around everywhere, open up every device you could possibly come across, and then it can cast every wand in the game. That's good.
1: Glad. Yep, yep.
2: So it's a fun little build. And then my uh, summoner, I put Max out on his intelligence, and it knows every single uh, knowledge skill possible. So it's purely a, my summoner knows everything. And then my Eidolon, yeah, as a skill monkey. And then my Eidolon picks up every other skill. So between my Eidolon (laughs) and my summoner, I I basically have every skill in the game at a stupid high rank. So that's my uh, character build that's sort of silly.
0: We uh we I've told I've often talked in the show about the uh, about Rut Madkill, sign of Rut Madkill the Elder, um, who because goblins have stupid stealth bonuses instead of small sized creatures I ended up with some I ended up having over a fifty stealth or something at one point, and it ended uh, up with um... me hiding behind the glitter dust. <laughs> <laughs> we used to the GM used to have to have an enemy to glitter dust him just because Otherwise, he would he would auto-succeed, and they were like, all right, now the enemies have a chance. Not a good chance, but a chance. <laughs> but um, yeah, the but story... It was ridiculous. I had, I had a Ring of the Chameleon and a bunch of other shit. Ridiculous decks, and I don't remember. Anyway, so the story I want to tell, though, is... Um, I don't think I've told it on this one, and we've been trying to remember if we have, so forgive me if I have. As you guys might have known for a while, I actually ran for two years a 12-person Pathfinder game. Oof. Um, half online, still half in crazy. Um, it was nutty fucks, and um, mm-hmm. I forget if it was the first. I think it was the first game they were in. I remember for the first game or this first game of the second part. My roommate Coleman made a character, and he hasn't played much Pathfinder at the time, but you know he was really excited to play. So uh, they're they're trying to get out the, the the things called the Dead Men. They're 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 in Penal Legion serving but they're not the criminals they're serving to every day they serve is one day off the person they're serving for is sentenced Um, but they they get thrown to the shit because if they die in the line of service the person is considered having served a life sentence and they get free Um, so a lot of them were like quasi suicidal or at least or it it was very interesting characters one person was serving so that their their screwed up spouse would stay in prison so every day they serve they get an extra day on their time (laughs) <laughs> um, it was great. It was great. So my, so they they always get thrown into the shit. So they're in the middle of a combat, like a war, and they all come out of like a war wagon, basically, and everyone's jumping out, but they're surrounded by enemies. So attack of opportunities and whatever. My roommate jumps out, runs out, gets an attack of opportunity, like ten feet in, gets hit. It's a crit. It confirms. It's a times three weapon. He goes from full HP to zero his first turn ever playing a Pathfinder game.
1: Oh, no. And it's not even,
0: sorry, not zero, dead. Like, oh, negative no. ten or something. And just drops. And I'm like, like, almost, like I roll like almost max damage. And I'm sitting there like, and he's like a little anxious. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, he must have spent like four oh. hours making that character. Oh.
1: And,
0: and like learning all the rules and shit. And I'm just like, all right, house roll," I call this the Col- Coleman's rule now. If you get dropped in one turn, or like some stupid amount of damage, you get your friends get a turn to get you up. I don't fucking care. Like, so the uh, the cleric got to him next turn and healed him and brought him up to one at least after what he got to. So from there, anyone gets instagibbed? no, you got a turn to get to them. I don't care. Like, so now in everyone my game, I have Coleman's rule because poor Coleman got just one shot in his first turn in a Pathfinder game ever, and it was like an at cr encounter just like i think we had like a pick or something or maybe it was like, yeah it was like a times three. Or oh, four, those are nasty and just rolled a 20 <laughs> and confirmed it and i'm just like <clears throat> oh fuck dude i'm sorry like the like, dice gods just hate you
1: tonight
0: uh, so yeah that's coleman's that's coleman's rule um the house there rule. we go so uh savannah you got any good ones
1: uh yeah so uh mike's not here so i can't give him shit for having bad tastes and not liking the uh powered by the apocalypse system um it's awesome by the way um and one of my favorite things about it is that you can reclass your character mm-hmm. as long as you get to a certain advancement point and my character is totally going to do that because he's a cult leader but his cult has done nothing but try to murder him this entire time as one does Indeed, indeed, Mm -hmm. Um, because I just, at the beginning of every game, you roll to see how your cult's doing, and inevitably, inevitably, they are just pissed with me always, and so I have decided that um, we ended up uh, freeing a settlement, a.k.a. uh, we knocked down the door and uh, murdered their leader and said, oh, hey, guys, you're free now, Um, so my character is basically like, you know what? I like this place better than my cult. No one's trying to murder me here. This is mine now. <laughs> so he is on the track to changing class, and I'm very pleased about it. Uh, that's he actually, might just retire. <laughs> It'll be great.
2: So that's actually surprisingly similar to a game I was playing in once. That was an L5R game, so uh, all that, that samurai theme and stuff. It was supposed to be a little one-shot, because somebody was like, you know what, I'll just run one, because the, we the game we were supposed to be playing, people didn't show up for, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it was me and one other guy and then the GM. So it was just three of us. And it starts out with us in this like tavern area and somebody starts choking and dying. And the other guy looks at me and is like, I see that plot coming. We're going to get framed. And we both just bolt out of there. And, we just <laughs> <run>. <laughs> and so the game's like, well, this is an impromptu game to begin with. It's not like yeah, I'm yeah, running yeah. a module or anything. And so we just bolt. We just run. We go to the nearest, uh, we, we just leave, go to the nearest town. Uh, a couple of guards had like seen a picture or something like that. It was a small little podunk town. And so they see us get ready to raise the alarm and we kill them. And then we'd basically just take their place. <laughs> and we start running this town. And it, it turns from this one shot that we intended to just play a one one and done kind of game. And we end up playing like, oh, 10 sessions where we built this town and started like Running it and forging documents, and it was just—it turned into a whole I'm campaign. I'm so
1: glad. It's like the murder hobo version of the Inspector General. <laughs> just end up infiltrating the place. I love it. Yeah, so, it, was,
0: it was a good game. Yeah. So, um, next segment we got is what is it? Favorite working projects, which are not kickstarters, because okay. um,
1: because yeah. those are later.
0: Yeah, those are later. Those are later. Um. So yeah, uh, what are you guys working on? Savannah, I think you're going to be quick always, so uh, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm working on Lake of Blood, uh, which is an anachronistic adventure from uh, Rogue Genius Games. Uh, It's going through its final development edit pass, uh, and it's basically a giant animal monster movie in a game, and it's it's great. Beautiful. Beaten my giant fish.
2: So uh, Jimmy, what do you got? Oh, I mean, since I'm obviously new to this group, I've got all kinds of things that I've been pick, working on. pick your on. Favorite, right? we're, pick we're try, favorite. We're so, trying yeah, to keep, um, so this from uh, the,
0: being from forever. So
2: just, yep, yep, just pick agreed. one. So primarily, uh, I've got an RPG system that I've been working on a lot um, in the Draxia universe that I've been creating. And to go along with that RPG system, I've been writing a short story in it. And so right now it's about 12,000 words in following one of the characters in the game system uh, and just really building the universe and the world out of it. So it's been a lot of fun actually getting to create the lore and the background for my card game and my RPG system.
1: That's cool. I find that uh, the uh, Pathfinder novels, the Pathfinder Tales novels, are a really great way to like learn the world. I hadn't it makes sense that, like, as someone who has sole creative control of a world, that it would be a great idea to also learn your world by I agree. That's
2: that that my thought, was I should probably, if people are going to get into what I'm doing, I should probably create some literature to go with it. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's what I've been working on as a side. Well, you don't, don't like, have to
1: worry about going back and, like, cross-referencing your lore and stuff if you get in early. In the process,
2: <laughs> because well, you, you well, defined the lore. I, I, I but exactly. the, the interesting thing—the interesting thing about writing this, though—is um, I've found that I wrote this RPG system that's pretty comprehensive, and I'll go, oh wait a minute, I want this character to be like a 200 XP character, whatever, give or take, approximately. And I go, wait a minute, I wanted to cast a spell. What are the what are the limits of that spell that she'd be able to cast? So I'd go back and reference my um, spell creation tables and go, okay, well, the max range you could potentially have on that spell is this range with this kind of statistics, and so I find that I'm always referencing my RPG document when I'm writing the story to make sure that I'm not putting something out of proportion.
1: There are definitely play of readers that appreciate that, so I I admire your dedication.
2: It takes extra time, definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm totally into making character sheets for my characters, so. So, uh,
0: we, we did that with uh, Nagwa, actually, when I wrote... When I wrote uh, Necropunk way back when, we actually have a story that never got released, but it's like it's like 50, 60 pages long. Um, but it never got released, but it serves as an, an internal way of like, oh, they can they do that thing in this scene. Can we make them do that? How do they do that? Oh, he's a sentinel with it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of worked. At some point, maybe we'll release it. Maybe if we uh, do it for Pathfinder 2 or something. But It's a very Starfinder-y thing. I don't know. Anyway. So uh, we just released Alt Path Martial Magic, which apparently got pretty good. People liked it, I guess, because it's sold like hotcakes. So I guess we're going to keep doing that. Um, martial Magic was, guess what? I heard you like your martial characters with a little bit of magic or your magic characters with a lot of martial. And we presented alternate rules for it. But uh, the next big one we have is called Alt Path Teamwork. And it's really, really weird because, hey, we're a little red. We get to do weird shit. Oh, speaking of... That, um, I'm also a double goblin now, I think, or a triple goblin? Some triple. Little, some little red goblin games, professional goblins. And now I'm working as the lead for the Starfinder and Pathfinder lines for fat goblin games.
1: You are, in fact, a goblin cubed. I'm,
0: I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a goblin cubed. All right, I, I like that. Um, I don't want to be a square goblin, though. Anyway, so with this one, we're doing, um... Things that require more than one person to kind of use. That, that makes any sense? Like there's this thing called the Chimera, which are rules for. You know what the term two headed two-headed giant means, like a card game?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This I is do basically. Not. Okay, two headed giant is, or three headed giant or five headed giant means, like in Magic the Gathering, uh, you all share a single life pool and are defined as the same person. You each play your own hand every turn. Um, this, you basically play a giant kaiju with many heads and you guys each take turn doing stupid things, it is the... And you have to do it collaboratively, kind of. Like, everyone gets their own turn, but, like, the way you advanced it is different, and it's very weird and very interesting. We did some play tests. I have never had that much fun making a character. Making a character is a social experience. Well, at hmm. fifth level, we could take either a single thing for the whole monster, or one for each of us, a smaller <laughs> thing. Oh, that's cool, and... Well, how about this? How about that? And like it just we got to build our own mythos. We played Tiamat basically, it was great. I'm um glad. there are squad rules uh for like a class that uses squads. Um there's a shared like powerful unit thing. God, there's a lot of weird stuff in that book. Um
1: please tell me there are lots of teamwork feats because Yeah, we actually I love teamwork we feats.
0: We have teamwork feats, we have things that use teamwork feats. Uh we have a new type of teamwork feat kind of called duo feats, which is like um you know how, like, the brawn and the brain?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you, one person takes the brawn feat, and the other, or they take the same feet. One defines as the brawn, one defines as the brain. Uh-huh. And they get, like, inverse bonuses to each other, kind of, or, like, synergistic bonuses. So it's like a teamwork feat with only one other person that you're, like, best buds with.
1: Okay, so you should definitely have Master Blaster as, like... Yes, we an do! Iconic. We do! I'm so glad! We
0: ha- It's called, uh... uh it's, some- it's something called, like... Like a mounted brain something platform. And like mm-hmm. you can totally ride like an ally, like a, uh, like a mounted creature.
1: I'm
0: glad. Um it's good, it's good. Uh we got lots of weird stuff with that one. Uh but that's yeah, that's what we're working on right now. Um I'm drinking from a fire hose, trying to learn all the fat goblin stuff right now. And uh yeah, it's about where I'm at. Fair. Fair indeed. Um you wanna move on to the next section?
1: Uh, so favorite new project that is not ours, nor can we profit from it.
0: (laughs) So Savannah, do you look like you have an empty slot there?
1: Uh, yeah, I was going to say I, I am a terrible person and have not done my homework this week because I've, I've been working many hours. So shame be upon me. Um,
0: I'm, I'm quick too. My thing's in the Kickstarter section. So I'm not going to, uh, not going to kind of, uh, talk about that until then. So I'll, uh, a hold off so jimmy what do you got for us
2: okay so apparently i'm the only one to
0: yeah you're the only cool one <laughs> conversation here
1: <laughs> no apparently. pressure
2: yeah um so mine comes out of uh a huge amount of conventions i go to uh, promoting my stuff i go to a lot of conventions and so i uh met a girl named lisa sell who does amazing 3d artists for dragons mm-hmm. um so she does a lot of sculptures and uh this and that um and previously, she had—I uh, believe it was last year at DragonCon—she won best of dragon in the art show at DragonCon. So, really impressive stuff. Uh, I believe her website is Dueling Dragons, or that's her company name, or something like that. Um, and I'm potentially going to be uh, doing some art with her, uh, having her do commission her for some art stuff myself, actually. So. You
0: know what's really weird? Yep. There are, and I know one of these people. Uh, hi, Lissy. If you ever watch this. Um, there's people who are just really 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 into doing dragon art I'm viking too but like there are certain people who just like that's all they do they're just like dude look at this dragon you're like all right cool now draw me like a, a soldier can it be a dragon soldier <laughs> um and they're like no can you do with this can i add a dragon in the background no, but if you do five of these pieces, I'll commission you for a dragon as well at some point.
1: <laughs> if you can just not have dragons for a second.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I joke, though, because a lot of them are, like, really are really good artists, but they're like, they're like, oh, all right, it's a great art. Have you seen my dragon art, too?
2: <laughs> I would definitely agree. From uh, doing all these conventions in the Artist Alley area, you do see a whole bunch of them. Uh, I would say Lisa's probably the Best of the dragon artists I've seen though, so I, I'll give I, her kudos say, there. I'm
0: I'm, very, I'm sure Lissy will have to like combat her like art dragon duel because I think that's like a title that she would like to have. <laughs> Dueling dragon art, I like it. Um, <laughs> I will kind of mention what uh, Mike listed here because I think it's cool too. Um, if you guys know Pinnacle Entertainment, they do uh, Savage Worlds. They have a uh, series for. The Savage World of Flash Gordon, which is a really weird thing in terms of like intellectual property where that re- resides actually.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: there's a huge battle over it. Part of it might be in the public domain, but probably isn't. Um, but anyway, uh, there's a they just put out a book with flat with flats which are like uh, paper miniatures for it, and it's on drive-through. I think it's only a, a few bucks. It's uh, let's see, it's four bucks, and you get a huge thing. It's a bunch of the stuff. Yeah, I know it looks pretty good. So I'm just i uh, I'm pitching for Mike.
1: I need to actually read up on Savage Worlds. I have the base book now and
0: I Oh, to. so Savage Worlds is one of my favorite games, period. Um it's it's my go-to game when someone goes, "Well, what can we run that in? Can we do Savage Worlds, please?" Um it's you know how like GURPS works? You or you you you're familiar enough with GURPS, right? You know the concept.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I cut my teeth on GURPS. But so you you have
0: your your like eight textbooks worth of uh books or whatever. Um it's kinda like not mechanically, but it's it's a lot like GURPS light. Um my favorite thing is they have this thing called the Explorer's handbook, which is like like this big. Hey look, I've ha, see Savannah, I do have it literally right here. Um, Yay! um but it's literally at the size of a DVD cover, and it's really thin and really cheap. And like, I don't know if they still sell it, but like, I think I I went through three because I gave one to someone and I used one to the point where it broke. Um, but literally, it's like an entire book and like a hand, like a handheld thing. And literally, it's a really flexible system, really fun role playing implications. I don't know, I liked it a lot.
1: Okay, Jimmy, have you played Savage Worlds?
0: Uh, I've heard of it. I have not played oh my Savage God, Worlds. What, what a center, What a sinner! No, I was America. gonna say,
1: apparently, we're missing out. Fairly. Well one of the things is like
0: you know when you go play like D D, you're playing like a fantasy game. Or when you play like I'll say Starfinder, hey, guess what we guess what we write for? Um you play a sci-fi game, you know? Or like World of Darkness, you're playing that vampire the masquerade stuff, you know? Uh you're masquerading as some vampires. Um
1: You're masquerading is
0: not vampires though. Yeah, true, true, true. Um Savage Worlds is very open. It's like yeah whatever the fuck you want go for it and a lot of stuff is like yeah that seems like a quirk go for that like it's very like rules light very um like it's definitely got some mechanics to it you can definitely dive into those but like you can give someone the book in like 10 minutes like i don't know 20 minutes later they're they're able to play the system just fine so with that tangent being done (laughs) um, can you guys tell i'm a savage world fanboy um, maybe, maybe
1: we
0: So let's see. Um, Pathfinder, Starfinder news. Yeah. I guess. I don't know if Mike can see our things when he edits it later. Um let me pull that down so we have the news up here. Oops, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to look at my notes on the laptop here. Um, so, second edition still coming up. Oh. I'm excited for that. Jimmy, how much? You ever play uh, Pathfinder? Yeah, I'm
2: in PFS. Oh, that's right. So uh,
0: I've I had a lot more
2: experience with three five as what I primarily like ran and GM'd for years and years, mm-hmm. and uh, up this earlier this year, like in January February, um, I started recently working with uh, Legendary Games, which is a Pathfinder third party. We're familiar, we're, we're, we're familiar yeah,
0: with yeah. Uh, Legendary.
2: Yeah, mostly to the viewers if they didn't yeah. know. Um, and so, I hope they're familiar with it. Uh, Basically, I went, okay, I'm starting to work with a Pathfinder company. I know 3.5 really well. I should probably learn Pathfinder. (laughs) So um, earlier this year, I actually started grinding my way through all of the differences and nuances of PFS stuff compared to original 3.5, which at first I thought, okay, it'll be a really quick transition. And then I found that I had to basically reread everything because there's just tiny little tweaks on enough things
1: Yo. You,
0: you, you, there was no way to just not reread every single line of the book.
1: Which I, yeah.
2: took
0: forever. Uh, I have a game coming up tomorrow that I'm GMing and a guy um is actually switching over from 3-5. He's like, yeah, I think I played Pathfinder once. I don't remember. but can I play? I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. It's a super newbie-friendly game and he comes out with a character. I think he is 8th level and it ended up with like 18 AC or something and he's a frontline fighter. I'm like, oh god, no. <laughs>
1: <"But>
0: <laughs> no. You... If an eighth level child farted in your general direction, you'd be hit. Like yeah. he's like, Really? I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit higher power level. Not uh I would recommend it. I think he's rolling a sorcerer now too. But um it'll be fine. Um but yeah.
1: I mean if his sorcerer had AC eighteen at level eight, that wouldn't be terrible. We got so,
0: my like- friend
2: that's running a pfs game with me that we're going back and forth he's running a frontline guy and he's built specifically to be tanky like he, he's just it as best he can mm-hmm. and at level three he's sitting with a 26 base ac and you can buff it up to 32 after two rounds
1: oh my god so so we,
0: insane so we do a lot of play testing around eighth level because it's a good mid-level thing mm-hmm. we have a low level we like well but we put it at eight so we can get a lot of like the media mechanics of uh, stuff we test, so we have a test character. I think he's a paladin. With before he he challenge or um, smites before he does any of the spells, anything like that, he's sitting at like 32, 33 or something like that. Um, that which is solid, <laughs> and he and he's just like don't care. Um, so that's where that's where I'm like, okay, eighth level. I can sit like thirty. Oh, you're hit eighteen. Ooh, uh, buddy. <laughs> You'd be at least 24, 25 minimum. I my, my, most of my fighters end up in the, in the low 20s somewhere if I'm doing a martial character I'm not, and I'm not giving two shits about my <clears throat> defense.
1: Yeah, but that's part of why 5e throws me off because it's the AC is just different in 5e.
0: Hey, we're not doing Thaco, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, it's easier to subtract numbers from one number to another number than it is to just add up all your modifiers. That's That's a lot more...
0: <laughs> simple perfect. Uh,
1: the, I, I was gonna say i suppose that is technically true yes yeah, yeah. so anyway
0: no, that's um, true. Yeah. so uh let's talk about what's actually going on in this um so i mike's not here and i kind of feel like this is kind of cheating talking about it with when, it, when he's not here um i'll let him go into his thing a little bit more when he gets here but suffice mm-hmm. it to say that there's this dude who's going around with a lot of products and he's kind of venting on them um He's calling uh, again. I'll let Mike go into his products. Is they started on his and they're like, uh, calling stuff like commie, whatever, stupid things. And, uh, on one of mine, I got a wonderful tirade from him, something to the effect of like, uh, I'm gonna censor myself here a little bit because, uh, he was quite interesting in his choice of words, but USJW left us fucking snowflake. Um, you indoctrinate the youth and everything, and it, and it got me on an interesting thought of authorial responsibility. When you're writing a book, or when you're writing a game, or if you're doing video or any type of art, you have the onus is kind of on you to not worsen the world. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense. Like, you shouldn't go around writing Nazi propaganda, no matter how much it'll make you. I can appreciate that. Um. And I think you can definitely separate the art from the artist, but you can't separate the art from the artist's influences, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm probably more left of center than, you know, anything else, but, so you're probably gonna see some of that stuff in there. Like, I'm I'm probably not gonna go, you know, be a giant asshole, that that stuff, but, and I don't shove it in there. It's not like I'm like, oh, I need to use this as my platform. It will become the left's fist, not like, if it fits, I won't not do it, you know. But like, I don't need to make I'll the be ad-
1: transparent. Ad- I insert gay and and gender wibbly wobbly folks in my stuff all the time well, on you, purpose. The
0: thing. You can do that, and I'm totally like the thing is though, that that should be kind of normalized, and I'm okay with that. But the thing is, like, I wouldn't go out of my way to make like I'm saying like intrusively. So like, I wouldn't do it to the point where, oh hey, the the leader of the new third Reich's gay, by the way, like. Like, to the point where, like, it gets in the way. I, I'm all the way down for, like, I wrote that uh, big superhero book a while back, Rift mm-hmm. Riders. Oh, God, there was LGBT shit all over the place. And did I need to? No, I thought it was fun. It fit, you know? But to a degree, you I think you, you can't really separate it from the kind uh, of the authorial responsibility aspect, you know? All
1: right. So, for leaving most of that uh, for Mike.
0: Yeah, we're gonna leave Mike's that the actual like what he said thing to Mike because I don't want to rob him of that.
1: We well, um, we'll like, got me on that our... tangent.
0: Say, that? we just finish all this podcast, when he logs on, and we just
2: yeah. start over at the beginning, and <laughs> he just sort of talks for like thirty minutes straight.
1: That's yeah, no, sounds about right. Uh, so Jimmy says that uh, you've talked with some folks who played uh, Pathfinder Second. Uh, Ed?
2: A, a little bit. Um, so at uh, Gary Con and at Origins, uh, they were running uh, demos of. Uh, P2. Um, talked with them a little bit. Didn't have any in-depth conversations, so I've yeah. seen it be play, been played. Um, it seemed to be pretty well received, actually, um, in general. Uh, I think what it was is sort of similar to what D&D did with 5th Edition, where they sort of tried to simplify some things, make it a little bit more accessible. Um, although I think it's probably still a little, a little bit heavier than 5th Ed is from what it sounds like. Although, like I said, I didn't play it. I didn't read the rules. Uh, I'm very very minimal knowledge on that, but it does seem like it's a more accessible version of Pathfinder than what, or what Pathfinder has become, which is good. Yeah. I think I, I think it was needed.
1: Yeah. I yeah. I got in halfway through a um, a demo of it at PaizoCon. and it just feels really dynamic, and I like that. Like the the flow just feels really good. Uh, my character was incredibly ineffectual but i had a very good time being ineffectual so i guess <laughs> that's that's the main thing
0: that's
2: fun you don't have that much control
1: yeah i was gonna say he spent like three rounds uh getting off of the building that he was on getting into the down to the ground level and then running upstairs trying to get at this caster Because I couldn't, I literally could not damage the skeletons that we were fighting. So I'm just spending like all this time using all my actions to run up there. I'm gonna sneak up, I'm gonna shank the caster. No, never mind. I fail my stealth roll and get fear put on me twice. (laughs) So I would like run away because of the fear spell, make my check to not be afraid anymore, run back, and then get fear put on me again. <laughs> My character got cardio. That was his accomplishment. There you go. You should get the athletics feet for free.
0: Perfect. <laughs> so let's see, what else we got? Um. Again, I want to hold that off. I have Mike here. Ah. All right, so in that case, do we want to uh, talk about D&D 5e at all?
1: Uh, I mean, we can definitely touch on it. Uh, yeah. I've not looked at the giant sorcerer bloodline uh, that Mike is going on about. So,
0: Mike, damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else to I say do either. appreciate
1: the take on the, tomb, the uh, tome, rather, the tome of foes as, um, you know, on one hand, it's a book of monsters, but to a different party, you know, it's a book of pets and love interests.
0: Let's say, and the two groups can, you know, they can merge. I'm okay with this, though. Pet to, or pet to love interest, mm, <laughs> but monster to love depends interest depends on the group
1: you're running with. I'm just, I saying. know.
0: Let's say monster to love interest, though. That I can say.
1: Oh no, no not pet to love interest. Pets and love interest. No, I know. I'm,
0: but I'm saying, imagine if they did, if they did combine. That's a good, it's a good. Group. I,
1: I don't recommend that first one. Monster <laughs> to love, interest. we could talk. Yep. Love interest the monstery. But...
0: Wow, that, that one gets deep. That one mm. goes deep. <laughs>
1: I feel like that, that describes some of my previous relationships. Mm. You
0: know. Moving have, on. Having just gotten out of a relationship. Actually she's awesome. We still talk and we're good friends. But you know. <laughs> but like still, but still, like that could go pretty wrong. Um yep. so let's see. The uh the next topic is uh, other RPG news. Um Jimmy, we're going to hold off on that until the end because you have a section to talk about all the stuff you want to talk about. Okay. Because that, that is where well, that. Goes. Actually,
1: that they kind of run together because we don't have anything in other media of interest. So RPG are no, 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 no. just a few million
0: Guest choice is what we normally put under. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and okay. talk about it, Jimmy. Go for it. Okay. Um,
2: so the RPG system, my, my Draxia RPG system, uh, if you guys are going to be at Gen Con, I'll be running it there. So if you want to try it out. I think there's a couple of slots left open still. Um, basically, as a system, I wanted to make a very open-ended classless system. So it's uh, all XP point by. Um, I've been told it's got some similarities to GURPS in that regard. I've never actually read GURPS. I know about it, obviously. Um, there's so, so much to read. Yeah, yeah, there's so much. Take your correspondence course. Um, course. So, yep, yep. So basically how you uh, create characters in my system is a GM says you get 10 XP or 20 XP at the end of a session. Uh, and then you just assign it where you want. <clears throat> so you can either put it in your core attributes, strength, agility, intelligence, etc. You can put it into your skill list. So all of your like perception skills, your crafting skills, your jump, things like that. Uh, or you can put it into special abilities. And so everybody's got access to tier one of all the special ability trees. So if you this allows for a, a very natural multi-class ability. So let's say you're playing a like, barbarian type guy. <clears throat> you put a whole bunch of points down into your strength tree where you've got like weapon proficiency training and you've got um, like a rage ability maybe so you can swing a sword better. But then you go, you know what? I really want to have some parlor tricks. So you spend two XP and pick up a low level telekinesis spell. And suddenly you're a barbarian that can use the telekinesis spell. Um, not very good at it, but he's got it. Uh, or you can right. say, you know what? I want healing. So spend two XP and you learn the basic healing spell. Gives a very natural open-ended style um, as you spend experience points into a given tech tree, you get access to tier two and then tier three, and you work your way down. Um,
1: so, are there any classes or is it uh, all no. like, entirely it's classless? classless.
2: Yeah. It's a classless yeah. system uh, and no static levels. The only way to really rate somebody level wise is total experience points. Uh, so, when you're doing like a monster fight, a 200 XP monster should face a 200 XP player character approximately in the system. Um, and like I said, usually about 10 to 20 XP, depending on how fast the GM wants to uh, accelerate the campaign um, as the system goes. Uh, probably the, uh, one of the highlights of it is a nice, simple system. Um, I've taught numerous people at conventions how to play the system who have never played an RPG in their life. And within 10 or 20 minutes, they're making skill rolls and attack rolls without needing help, which is super awesome. Uh, obviously giving them a pre-gen character because character gen is a little bit on the heavy side with, since you've got this open-endedness. Uh, so the me- core mechanic is all d6s. So seven, eight, nine d6, and you're covered for the entire game. Uh, basically, how it works: you look at your core attribute. If it's swinging a sword, you'll get strength, shooting a bow, agility, etc. And you roll that many dice. So if you have three strength, roll three d6 plus any modifiers you might have from circumstantial bonuses, weapon training, the weapon itself, etc. So three d6 plus modifiers meets or exceeds the armor, you hit them. If it exceeds by five or more, is a critical hit, meaning you roll one d6 bonus damage. If you exceed by ten or more, double crit, two d6, etc. Failure by five or more is a crit miss, so that's where you like lose your action. Or ten or more is double crit, so you're like stabbing yourself or something. On GM's discretion, obviously. Um, and so that's how the general system works, die mechanics. Uh, one of the things I really like about that is it naturally builds in like a coup de gras kind of effects. So let's say you've got somebody sleeping. Well, you're going to have their AC is going to be basically nothing because they're just laying there sleeping. So you roll your attack and go, oh, look, I rolled a 25 and they've got three AC. Well, that's a quadruple crit, so 46 bonus dice. And it's a fairly lethal system, so that would be heavy damage at that point, probably killing them. It depends. Um, So that's the mechanics. The last thing I'd like to uh, touch on, if I've got a moment still, uh, is... Customization on item crafting and spell crafting. So I've got custom uh, item crafting rules for making masterwork equipment and enchanted equipment. So you can, rather than saying it's masterwork, it's plus one to hit, and that's all it is. This is a very flat, generic feel. Uh, you can craft your own weapons where you've got multiple tables and charts for chance to hit, damage, damage penetration, uh, other alternate abilities to be crafted into it, and so you can pick and choose out of this charts and say I'm crafting a masterwork level twenty item. Or Masterwork level 15, pick and choose out of those charts to create the object. So you get a really high end level of creation in your item crafting, which is cool. Finally, the spell system. You've got custom spell crafting rules. So I've got pre gem spells, but if you want to make your own, uh, cast time, duration, area of effect, range, all of those different casting attributes are all in there. So you can pick and choose in a similar way to crafting your weapons as crafting your own spell. Uh, so, for example, you could make a spell with a light a lightning bolt with a one mile range does no damage, but you got a one mile range uh unless you give it a twelve hour cast time and then you create an artillery spell because you just took your time to ramp up the damage with your one mile range by making it a twelve hour cast time uh or you could do the same thing with like a telekinesis spell. it can lift ten thousand pounds, but it moves five feet per round because you're lifting ten thousand pounds so Super flexible there. Um obviously we've got a short amount of time. I could go into a whole bunch of balancing mechanics, but that's sort of the highlights of it. Uh the system's on my website is a free PDF. So if you guys are curious or other people are curious, uh, Mythicagaming.com has the uh RPG system. It's still in development, still working on it, but uh still very playable and lots of neat stuff in there. Cool.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that with us. I mean people can go pick it up on this site. Um Mike, when you when you watch this, if you watch us, I
1: wonder if he's going to watch this.
0: Um, mm, we'll, I we'll mean,
1: is, isn't he the one who like uploads it to YouTube?
0: That doesn't mean he has to watch every second of it, um, <laughs>
1: He should. So if when, he when, doesn't, when, I'm going when, to be very disappointed. Me too.
0: Uh, when and if he watches it, uh, we can toss the link up in the description. Um, so, um, kind of keeping things going, let's uh, look talk at Kickstarters. Because I actually have one this time. Oh my gosh, <laughs> do it. Um, and I'm kind of like... Glad it didn't end before this, uh, before this actually happened because like, I think I put up like what two, three, like almost a month ago or whatever, and there's still six days left on it. Um, I'm glad. It's called the Game Master's Tome. It's just weird, like uh, it's not really like your normal gaming Kickstarter. It's just this random journal with all these like pre-printed pages with like here's an NPC's name, his location, whatever, and like a little box section for him. So you can kind of keep mm-hmm. it going really quick and easy. And it's like, well, oh, that's cool. And it's like, I mean, it's 30 bucks, so it's not the cheapest in the world. But it's a cool, like, GM book. So you can actually like, hit your players in the head with the GM book. Just mm-hmm. be like, no you, no, you bastard. Bop! And just hit him with it. Cause it's a nice, thick book. Um, that's not how power attack works. Um, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, you can't roll underneath the table and not tell me what it is. What Wow. <laughs> um, in a game I used to run, we had this thing called the uh, the GM stone, which was if player did something stupid enough, a monolithic stone would fall on them. We had a sub-GM mm-hmm. who helped me run because it was a big game. I had the sub-GM pebble he could throw at people, um, <laughs> and they would take damage for it. If you did something stupid in-game, you got... I
1: just of back and forth about mechanics like that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It, it was for fun. No one ever died from it or anything. Um,
1: I mean, it, it's not just the dying. Um, I had a, a friend of mine that her group specifically ran with GM Lightning.
0: Nice.
1: And if you fucked up, then you got struck by lightning. And so for whatever reason, she decided that she could do whatever, like in whenever she played with our group, she could do whatever. And if she was struck by lightning, she would stop. But she never informed anyone of this. So she got up to weird, wacky hijinks and expected us to like bolt her actively on that. It's like no, that's not. Please stop.
0: <laughs> oh, so oh, yeah. the uh, the book Makes the book sense. thing is um, I think it's already made its goal. Let me see, one second here. Oh, apparently my laptop decided to shut out. Um, yes, they they. Oh no, they're not going to make their goal at all. Never uh, mind. No. Well, they asked for sixty thousand dollars. Oh, that's really high. What None did they? Beyond. I guess it's like print. They're printing on like the bones of like ancient, you know, kings or something. <laughs> skin, dinosaur skin. Um
1: Ooh, bone paper. I'm writing that one down. Where's my
0: post-it? <laughs> we had cartilage yep. paper in a uh, necropunk because cartilage oh, good. was uh, psycho reactive, so you technically can control your paper. But anyway, um, <laughs> they got four. They almost fifteen thousand dollars. God damn, man, come on! Like almost three hundred factors
2: i say for printing books, it doesn't cost, like, you can do small print runs on books. Like, big complicated games, you got minimum print orders that can be large, but books are much more complicated. Oh, that's demand.
0: ridiculous. Why are you going to get, like, uh, I think also it's uh, it's geared towards fifth edition, but I looked at the stuff in there and you could use it for any game pretty much. It's well, not like it has, like, some character sheets in there, but most of the section I cared about was like, here's a city, here's the cool things about the city, you know what I mean, and all that stuff. I don't know, I thought it was pretty cool. So, yeah, um, maybe they'll relaunch it. With a reasonable um, thing. You yeah, didn't realize that a $60,000 gold.
1: Damn. That's so big.
0: Yup. Um, like, I launched Nogwal for what? Like, a like 2000
1: or something? Come
0: on. I'm also a frugal bastard, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I was going to
1: say, Mike runs on a shoestring budget, but like... Well,
0: let say, welcome to being a third-party producer. We, our budgets are literally shoestrings, and uh, we might... Tip you with some chewing
1: gum. That's what we're gonna make too. Okay. Do the shoestrings have aglets, though? That's the question. <laughs> uh, Mostly because I wanted excuse to so use the word aglet. It's a mind. great
0: word, by the way. I was gonna say depends this? on your on, on how what your previous works are. Yeah. If you if you previous, yeah. But you know, I'm not I'm not promising anything. We'll see how it sells. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Based on percent royalty. That
1: that, that is logical. <laughs>
0: Um, let's see, what other ones we got? Um, Legendary Games. Hey, did you add that one? Oh, you added that one. Okay, Joey, you can talk about that one because I don't know about that one. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, the one I'm uh, designing,
2: actually. Well, cool. I have designed for the game. Uh, <clears throat> actually, I got the front of the box sitting right here. I don't know how well people can see that. So Fates of Madness. Yeah. So this is an RPG card game. So the uh, quick story behind it is basically... I met up with legendary uh, Rachel Ventura from Legendary Games at uh, Gen Con last year, and she said we're expa- they wanted to expand out into doing board games, card games. And so she approached me and said, hey, I like your other game you designed. Can you design one for us? And I said, sure. So we sat down and looked through some of the uh, books that they had, and I settled on their uh, Gothic Core line, their Gothic Core compendium book, and it had a whole bunch of really cool art assets and things in there and just seemed like a fun thing to work with. And so... I said about basically designing an RPG card game out of their art, existing art assets, along with using some of the, as much of their lore as possible mm-hmm. um, in a light format. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so for example, in that I've got uh, in their Gothic Core Compendium, they had some pre-gen characters, uh, which would be these guys right here. So I basically took their name, took the character art asset. Uh, hold
0: it little higher, to... actually. That's oh, because... good. Yeah. There you go. And and it always doesn't, it never translates super well uh, to yeah, yeah. things. But, but I mean, they look pretty
1: well, from here.
2: Yeah. Well, and if you go to the uh, Fates Madness website, all these, there's tons of art on that yeah. Kickstarter. So you can certainly check that out easy enough. Uh, so basically, what I did was I took a lot of their existing art along with some of the stuff we reformatted a little bit and changed up just a little bit. Uh, and I created an RPG card game. My goal was to create. A quick, light uh, system that you can basically play in, like, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, it's designed as a one-to-five-player game, so you can play it by yourself, which is really cool. Uh, alternately, you can run it with a GM to add that extra level of uh, interest to the game. So basically how it plays is you have uh, a party of four adventures always. So you choose out of those eight characters, choose a party of four. You're by yourself, control all four of them. Uh, if you've got multiple people, then each person controls one or two of them, depending on how many people in your party Mm -hmm. and then you start adventuring Uh, and you do that by drawing location cards uh, which would be these ones either it'll be a monster like that guy right there or it'll be a scenario card a place like the derelict house here
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and so if it's monster you start killing it and try to beat up the monster if you kill the monster then you take it well look for loot try to find stuff Uh, if it's a place scenario then you uh, try to um, do whatever the scenario event is. So like in that derelict house one, uh, they have like a little one-liner. There's an unnatural storm that forces the party into this abandoned house. Uh, and then there's loose and missing floorboards, so you have to make an agility check, to, a dexterity check, to see if you uh, fall through the floor. And if you do, you take damage. And so everybody will uh, make their check and try not to fall. Uh, and after you've done that, then you go on to the, the post-event action, which is, Either using a heal skill, making a potion with an alchemy skill, or searching for treasure, making another attribute check looking for stuff. Um, so that's the basic gist of how the game plays here. And it's on um, Kickstarter now. It's on Kickstarter right now. Yeah. Uh, and what's your goal you, going to be? Uh, Six thousand is what the that's a pretty reasonable
0: obtainable thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you still so, got you still got ten days, and you're a little over half on that. You'll definitely make it. It's one of those things with Kickstarters that they like they kind of take off. In the first little bit. And they bit. stop. And then, and then, and then they, they just flatline for, like, a week or two. You shit your pants. And then the last, like, week or so, they just, like, shoot through the roof and you get it. And you're like, oh, thank gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, you know? agreed. I mean,
2: we're looking at another $2,000, basically. Nah, you'll be fine. We're good. So I'm especially especially with, pretty confident. With there. Rachel
0: with the immortal Rachel Ventura, Ventura on your team, you'll be fine. <laughs> She's awesome. I remember meeting her once or twice. Um, yeah, that's why we're here right now. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm here. Um yeah, so we so we kind of did your segment earlier. Um, I have a Kickstarter. You have a Kickstarter. Okay, please give us your Kickstarter. I
1: do. I had to find one like last minute uh because <laughs> I knew that it was there. I just didn't have the link. Um I don't think it's gone live yet, but it will be coming up for July. Uh it's called Dungeons and Doggos.
0: Oh my god, I'm in. Sign me up. I, I don't even know, know what it is. I
1: know. <laughs> I'll I'll have to send you there's a um they're basically their Kickstarter is for a line of minis.
0: Oh my god, yes.
1: And they also have uh dog racial rules for Five E, and like dog specific magic items and feet, it. and yes. This, this feels um,
0: like um David, like David, like something David Silver would write. You know who that is? He's yes. The Pony Finder guy. Yeah, it sounds like something he would write, and I'm okay with that. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. Uh, I love doggos. Where's my doggo? I was thinking about setting up a Kirk Cam, like my dog. I have a corgi named Kirk who generally sits on the floor, like over here, but he's he's absent today for some reason. Um, And we'll figure out a way to do that someday, though. I was about streaming and having a corgi cam in the corner where he's on a bed sleeping. Um, People, people, I mean, someone would watch it. If if (laughs) someone uh donates five dollars, I'll give him a treat
1: i'm glad i'll be
0: i'll be a fucking like i'll be a fucking millionaire overnight and i'll have a fat corgi and i'll be okay with it
1: yeah i was gonna say and also (laughs) we'll be very round you can roll him around
0: that's okay he uh he wouldn't mind that um all right so we got anything else to touch on today
1: Mm, i don't think so actually can we talk
0: about your awesome hair because it is awesome i like like the spikes
1: yes thank you and
0: jimmy Uh, i like your beard if that counts well, I appreciate that. It takes it like, yeah, uh,
1: no, the the hair on this podcast is on point. <laughs> it's
0: a long effort of love making these things grow out. Doesn't happen quick. Let's say I, um, Savannah, were you on? Did I show you the the creepy stalker pedophile uh, mustache I get?
1: <laughs> I remember you mentioning it. I don't remember if so, I saw it.
0: So I actually we grew- we
1: did agree that you should never grow yeah, facial hair. I remember yeah. that.
0: Well, I if I grew a grow- goatee, I looked like Shaggy. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. do that. I used to wear a, te- a, a, a teal shirt and I hated Scooby Doo. Long story. Um, and like I had a, like a like a ch- like a goatee and I was like, everyone's like oh, shaggy. I'm like shave it off that and I'm like no, no I'm done. <laughs> get it off, get it
1: off.
0: Um, but at one point I kind of grew. I think I I had like a month worth of facial hair or whatever. So I got I shaved off just like in the shower and I came out looking at see what I looked like with various facial hairs. And I had a mustache at one point, and I looked straight up like a pedophile. Like, think of, like, your iconic pedophile, like, face shot, like...
1: From the 70s, right?
0: No, like, today. like Oh, just today? Like, the creepiest okay, never... dude you can think of, I just looked super sketch, because it wasn't, like, long enough to be one. It just looked fucking sketchy. Um, I am not allowed to have a mustache. Though, I did, at one point, do a No Shave November, and I shaved my mustache into a whole Colgan.
1: Ooh. And
0: classic. I thought it looked stupid as hell, and it was funny. And I got into a serious relationship that lasted, like, a year and a half.
1: Because of that mustache?
0: I I choose to believe that. I think either that or she saw past it and was like, okay, I guess. I guess he's Mm. clever and funny, but he has that stupid thing on his face. (laughs) So so did you keep that look
2: for the entire year? No, I
0: kept it for, like, two weeks. And she's like, oh, you shave. I'm like... You think I walk around like this normally? She's like, giving your personality, I—I
1: <laughs> I mean, she yeah. has no
0: frame of reference. I'm just saying. And yes, yeah, she didn't know me beforehand, and like, I think she met me on a mountain when we were all hiking with people, and I just had a super sketch mustache and like led them on a like a nightly chase of scorpions and stuff, and like, I guess that did it for her.
1: Oh, I mean, it's someone's kink.
0: I... I'll say one thing. I'm just
1: gonna put forth. I would look great with a goatee i, think you'd look, I, you I accept no other opinions
0: you could do it you, you'd get the shaggy thing too though i think
1: mm, i i feel like i'd have to like power through it and yeah you, like... you, you
0: kind of get to do the uh you do like the punk ska thing too would look good
1: Ooh, all
0: like right it. so jimmy your facial hair is taking us on a wonderful journey um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on the show if i could
2: add one thing i'm but glad that means... it's that